I was surprised to grow up and learn that people didn't like Will Wheaton on uh, as Wesley Crusher. That that was surprising to me. I thought it was awesome that they had like a kid on the bridge because he was like a smart nerdy kid, and I, so I didn't he was dislike able to... Wheaton at the time because I was a kid. He was like he's yeah. probably my yeah, age. Exactly. He's probably my age. Um, and it seemed cool, but yeah. I think the view of people cool. who are older at the time were that he was kind of lame and wishy-washy as a character. Oh, come on. I don't know. I, I, he was I, young. What do you expect? Cool young people? Yeah. What is this, Nickelodeon? Is that <laughs> what you envision cool young people to be? I'm apparently <laughs> too young to get you this reference. You can't do that on television? I, I have no cool. idea what you guys are talking about. Yes. What? Really? This is another cheeky podcast from Stack Exchange uh, headquarters, number 39. Number 39. On today's podcast, we're all gonna everybody's gonna eat a spoon of cinnamon. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to do that. And ten saltines. We already tried those two. Do you not remember <laughs> that with Seth? Did we? Did we try to eat ten saltines on the podcast? We definitely tried to do the. Uh, we definitely tried to do the spoonful of cinnamon. <laughs> oh yeah, somebody did that. I remember that. That's right. Oh yeah, Sam. And as I recall, he was not successful. Sam will do anything That's if you impossible. offer him enough money. It's one of those things, like. Uh... <laughs> and by enough, I mean like five dollars. Yeah. Like, seriously, like, like, like fiber. You, you, if you try to eat ten, 10 saltines, you can eat maybe two saltines in a minute. Like you'd think, okay, I, I can't do 10, but maybe I can do five. Nope. Huh. Fascinating. This week on Mythbusters That's podcast number 39. Can we talk about the gallon challenge too? That one's always fun. Oh, that is a good one. What's, uh, what do you do with that one? Just drink a gallon of milk in an hour. Oh. And don't, an hour. you can't throw it up. That's the other part. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's cheating. You can really append that to all tasks, and you can't throw it off. It's another one of these things that sounds easy. Turns out to be almost impossible. Today's guest is Jeremy Tunnel. Hi, great to be here. No, 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 that's the one I do. By the way, that's what they do on the radio. I listen to the radio all the time. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay. Start over. Today's guest will be Jeremy Tunnel. Haven't you ever been on the radio before? You have to say something. <laughs> oh, first time uh, listener. Long time. Long <laughs> oh, time listener. Was. First time caller. And uh, Jeremy Tunnel is, the, is a new uh, pr uh, product manager or PM on the Stack Exchange team. Um, live from uh, Nashville, except he's in, uh, in, uh, in New York now. You really had to think about where we were. <laughs> well, I was, I, I, every time I say Nashville, I think... Wait, is that Memphis? Is it Memphis? No, Nashville, Nashville is, Nashville. is not Memphis. In fact, a real place. <laughs> Different than Memphis. Yeah, exactly. But they're, they occupy the same slot in my head. So I, I, I just, a word, a word blurts out and then I have to stop and think. That back slot to first is principles. places between New York and California. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, and uh, well, they are in the same state, I believe, at least. Uh, also, as usual, uh, David Fullerton and Jay Hanlon. Hello. Uh, hi. And producer Alex. Hello. And uh, on today's cheeky podcast, uh, Cinnamon. Actually, Matt Gibson is now claiming that he could drink the gallon of milk. He could. He is. I would like a, to see that. Yeah. He, he does drink a lot of milk, but he does look. Well, I, look my like friend was very confident that he could do it. Uh, he, <laughs> he, did not. He, he drank a pint of milk every night for dinner and was like, "I can do a gallon," and it, it didn't end well. That's unfortunate for him. So anyway, Jeremy. Yeah. Jeremy's the new. Uh, New guy on the block. He started two weeks ago? Three weeks ago. Three weeks ago, right after Thanksgiving. He's our new resident UX expert. Kind of what we set out to UX. find and what we hired. So UX, yeah. What exactly is UX? User experience. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was like the University of Kentucky. No, that doesn't work. Okay. Wow. <laughs> uh, go on. I, I, I hear David and Jay have planned an actual episode here. I have no idea what's going to happen. I was just lining up saltines. And <laughs> I was hoping skeptics would have a question about a gallon of milk. I don't, I don't think it's there. Go for it. Go for it. You can, you can, that, that's really more a YouTube kind of question. Oh, I'm sure I can find the answer in YouTube's comments somewhere. If <laughs> I just, just read all the comments, it'll be covered. It's more like, a, here's my proof using a YouTube video that this is, or not. The proof video would be very boring. It's all the yes, failures yes. that would be. Hey, okay, since you guys don't have any idea for this podcast, you know, <laughs> you know what we should start doing? Starting next time, we should have listeners call in with their question. Like we used to a That's, long time ago. Yeah. Long before you were here, Jay. Don't worry. I just finished listening to all the podcasts. So I, 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 but there was the two. It was good. We did what it by chat, right? We did it through chat. Uh, they no, could either email that. us an MP3. Yeah. Or they could call Blog Talk Radio, which I don't probably doesn't even exist well, anymore. Well, the MP3s must have been on the, the Stack Overflow yes. podcast. It was a long time ago. They could mm -hmm. call in MP3s, yeah. and we had like a whole 
batch of we had a whole system and, and i would listen to all of them and they all sucked and then i would pick two or three that were at least answerable in some way shape or form and edit them and then play them there's something quaint about them sending mp3s like it feels like they like yeah. recorded a cassette and mailed it to us and then we listened to the cassette it was kind of yeah, like don't do yeah. that by the way listeners don't mail a cassette we won't listen well do i don't we, know mixtape send me a mixtape you know what tape. while you guys decide what we're going to talk about on this podcast i'm going to go Look and see. We, if we started to, so, but then you thought UX was the University of Texas or something. So then, so then we got sidetracked and not in New York or California. That's what's exactly Everybody right. always thinks I'm from Texas. Apparently, that's the yeah. first Southern state people think of. That is the first Southern state you come to. You also, you guys can't see Jeremy right now, but he's wearing a, a ten-gallon hat, boots, spurs, and he's on a horse. Yeah. We don't know why he's on a horse. Yeah. But I, I'm impressed. He so the confusion the is, it's uh, it's for water polo later. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and the weird thing is, I don't get weird looks in New York. That's true. That 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 would definitely be true. You can wear anything on the subway in New York, and well, to to, to be fair, there's a. There's a cowboy with no clothes on who hangs out in Times Square here. That's true. He's quite popular, apparently. I could play an old uh, uh, podcast question. This is <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, we're not doing that. Okay, can we answer questions from the past? The last one received was July 2010. Joel, if people go to s.tk, I'm trying to think what I'll make this URL. Let's make it s.tk slash. Uh, Okay, all right, what should the slug be? I'm sorry, is there a big thing going across the bottom of the podcast now saying previously recorded? Please don't ask your <laughs> questions now because it's a giant waste of time. They have a whole week. How about podcast questions? Fine, s.tk slash podcast questions. Yeah. It will take them to our SoundCloud Dropbox Whoa. where they can upload their question, the audio file of their question, and we will then get it and we can play it on the show. And That's then right. Or to it. just leave your comments below this video in YouTube. What? Or mail a cassette tape. <laughs> mail a cassette tape. To Santa Claus, <laughs> North Pole. So we did want to talk about, we wanted to talk about UX, right? That's why we have Jeremy on here. That's why we hired him. So what Jeremy's been doing the first few weeks is uh, going through the site. And what, what we wanted him to do first, before he uh, kind of got too much into the, I don't, I don't know what to call it, our sort of way of seeing things, kind of capture the new user perspective. So Jeremy's not totally new to the sites. He, he spent some time on UX and, and a couple other sites, but he's he's not, you know, sort of one of our long time, years and years long users. So we wanted to right. get that perspective. Right. So that's what he's been doing for the first few weeks. And uh, that we thought it might be interesting to talk a little bit about that and kind of get that perspective. Go. <laughs> Go. <laughs> Dance. Talk about UX. Go. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, um, so over the past few weeks, I've been uh, kind of registering a lot of new users, and I, I've been I've been trying to put on my my new user hat and not think like an engineer because we have a, an awful lot of engineers here, and I think being an engineer myself, I think we all tend to think uh, alike. And one of those things that we tend to do is we tend to think that the people will just push through, you know, that that when you when you run into something. You know, we're used to to working around obstacles and we think everybody else will, too. And one thing uh, that I've learned uh, while working on UX is that everything matters. So even even the smallest thing, um, uh, when you when you start A-B testing, one of the most amazing things that you see is you can literally move a word from one side of the page to the other and it can change the conversion rate on that page in a huge way. And so, uh, so I've just been going through mapping out our, our whole uh, sign-up process and trying to figure out how we can do it better, what we can take away and still accomplish the same thing. And, and I think we're doing a great job, but I think that we've got some places where, I mean, I think we just have some leaks in places. And so, so for instance, um, one of the first things um, that I found is when um, we have a, a lazy registration process. Mm -hmm. So you can Very come lazy. to the site. Um, you can visit a question page, and we allow you to answer a question without having to create a full account, without having to give us a password. Right. So basically, you give us your name, your email, you write the answer to the question, and bam, you're already engaged with the site. And then um, you, but you think you've registered. You, you <laughs> think you've registered, and, yeah. and when we actually call you an unregistered user. Yeah. 
which makes it even more clear. But you filled out a form and the form had your email address. And so it didn't have a password thing, right? So you, right, but you get you get three, you get you're used to getting two to three fields and then you've joined something, right? And yeah. we give you three fields. So it really feels like the higher end of joining things. And the third one is your URL uh, or something. It is your homepage. Third one is homepage, <laughs> yes. which yeah. is actually the first thing I wrote down that we should remove. Yeah. Do, how many people provide a homepage actually? Oh, that's an interesting question. But if we don't get an address from them, where do we mail their mixtapes? This is going to break the whole... <laughs> no, ho- homepage, you, you can't... <laughs> what are we going to do with all those cassettes? Can't I haven't really thought lot. ahead that far, to be honest with you. But we'll get to that. We'll, we'll cover these things. What is a, what is a homepage exactly, Jay? <laughs> so, so... Yeah. I was trying to figure out why we have a homepage URL there. We have that because that... Um, I'll tell you, because I'm, I'm the oldest person here. Because in the old days, we thought we would give you the opportunity... Jeez, did that used to... Your name used to link to that, I think, actually. This was my theory. So my theory was there exist forums, right? And actual forums where you can go in and you post a comment. And when you post a comment, you put your name, your email, and and your website if you want. Yeah, gives you an opportunity to advertise your website. And that way, when you click your name, it goes to your website. And that's nice. That is awesome. Uh, As far as I know, that has never happened on Stack Overflow or Stack (laughs) Exchange because every time you click your username, you go to our user page. Now, we've got the website there and you can click through. But there's no reason why if you're just trying to post an answer... You should want to give us your website. I, I think guess. we have a lot of websites actually on there. If you go into the users page and look at, uh, well, sure, because it's the one field we ask you for. The question <laughs> is, do do we care? Well, you guys chat amongst yourself. I'm going to look at the last five users and see how many of them put in a. This is a good good scientific approach. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, no. So anyway, no. I think this is interesting. Well, th- there's a couple interesting things no. here. One of them is just this idea of just removing things that aren't necessary. <laughs> nobody's nobody's filling that in at all. Okay, great. Which means we can get rid of it. But they're not filling in anything. Their their, their usernames are just user one nine zero two six one four three. Uh, yeah, that that happens as well. If you don't give us a username, well, we don't even ask you for a username. We ask you for your real name. No, if you don't even provide that, I don't think we think specify we there. Which totally proves my point. You These people name. don't want to type in this stuff. They want to to answer the question. So. Let them answer the question with as little information as possible, and then we can um, we yeah. can work with them from there. Oh, yeah, nobody's putting in a. Uh, they they do eventually put in a website once they become more established users, and, and in fact, many of them do. But there's not a single one on the last page of users that that filled that in. I think something you hit earlier too, when you're talking about just the. If I find one, I'm going to send them ten dollars with PayPal. I swear. If I find one person that typed in that website field, <laughs> there, there's going to be about there's going to be a number very shortly. Um, but I think one thing you hit on, Jeremy, about sort of the the difficulty in doing certain things. There, there's, I think there's there's probably two different interesting things that contributed to some of those setups. One is simply that over time the site evolves in large part around what power users need, right? And so we have Meta, and we get great feedback. But the the people on Meta to start with, and certainly the ones asking for features, are more frequently ones who are highly highly familiar with how to use the basics of the site. They've worked it out. And they're they're trying to learn to do things that are just fundamentally different different needs for power users versus normal users. The other, though, I think, is starting with a programmer base is just different. Which is, you know, there's their programmers I think are so good at solving problems and figuring out how to work around things. You have this sort of like that that works fine. You just you need a Dvorak keyboard. No, I found put it one. Sideways. <laughs> Ten dollars. Congratulations. Uh, no, he wasn't on the first four, page. Five, nine, two. No, he was not on the first page, so he doesn't get it. You did not read the fine print. <laughs> There's like, like a 1% of people fill that in. That's essentially what I'm going with here. That was science you just heard. <laughs> my, uh, my, my typical engineer versus real person example is, uh, you know, if you had a form and you were trying to accept a phone number. Uh-huh. And so you have all these people putting in all kinds of different phone numbers with parentheses and dashes and spaces yep. and all yep. of this stuff. Yep. Well, you know, your typical programmer would be like, well, we'll just validate this and make sure that they've typed it in exactly the way we tell them. And then let's put some text above the field to explain exactly the ways that we will accept a phone number on this website. And, you know, if, if if you're a regular user, like... We know what phone numbers are going to look like. Let the user type in the phone number however they want. And as long as we've got enough numbers, we can figure out, uh, you know, whether it's valid or not. So, I mean, I think a lot of the times the, there's a tendency to put instructions in places and, and kind of add validation when the correct way is just kind of get out of the user's way or help them do what they wanted to do, you know, without having to have that interaction. And to be fair, this goes to something that you guys talked about a lot. Uh, Joel, you and I think uh, guys. You, uh, the, on the earlier podcast, you and Jeff and, and other people talked a lot about 
I think what Jeremy's getting at, which is the, the the goal, even from the beginning, I think when we're focused on it, is don't make people think or learn new things. And learn new things can often be we don't we don't often think about it in these terms, but it can be as simple as don't make me think about how you want me to enter my phone number. Right. Let me type in a thing, and if there's seven consecutive digits and no others in there that are numbers, I know what you meant. Well, you're you... driving the programmers listening to this podcast crazy because they're sitting there saying, some people leave out the area code, some people put in the area code, some people put in a one because that's the number you have to dial to get it. Da, da. Some people forget right. the country code, some people put in a one as the country code, that's some all people very predictable. insist on putting a plus. It's but, not super predictable. I think if you, if you made a phone number field and it just said phone number, You'd get a bunch of garbage. You wouldn't be able to call half of those people. It's not predictable, but it's learnable. So what you can quickly figure out is what are the combinations in there that happen often enough that it's worth essentially allowing them, right? Allowing and understanding them. And what are the ones where we can then safely determine that you probably don't have a phone and shouldn't be typing in this field or any other. And then we can just say yeah. oh, we're not going to worry about those. Well, cases. we don't get people's phone numbers, so this is irrelevant to us. However, <laughs> wait, what? It, se it seems possible it was an example. Um, I'm not certain. I'm not a UX expert. Only work-related examples. Okay, I'm taking notes over here, too. Okay. My point was, remind me again what the phone number has to do with uh, what we actually do. Oh, it's the uh, the engineer versus user way of, of looking at things. And okay, the, so engineer the engineer way of solving problems. Kind of strict and want, want everything formatted their yeah. way. We yeah. love order. We do. Well, it's in order to put this in the database, I need it to look like this. Therefore, I'll ask the user to make it look like that. I got, you know, I got into a big debate with my bosses at my previous job because... Wait, what? what, what? This is not, when this was job the... was not the Israeli army. <laughs> this is a Juno. Right. We're talking about 40 years ago. And Juno, Juno had a sign up. Uh, to sign up for Juno, you had to, I think it was 29 pages. There was a 29-page wizard you had to go through, and it was asking you things like, what, what diseases did you have and stuff like that? Because the whole idea of Juno was it was a free email service, and so you had to give us all kinds of personal information so we knew what ads to show you. And they just asked the ad salespeople, like, what kind of targeting do you want? And they're like, I don't know. I'm, I'm a pharma rep. You know, I, I sell ads to the pharmaceutical companies, and they're going to want to know what, you know, what kind of drugs you might, you might be willing to buy. And so, um, so we had one where you could, like, list, you know, osteoporosis and diabetes and stuff like that and check off all the things you had. So. <laughs> we, we, we have some real estate now where that homepage used to be. We should consider uh, that's, that's an interesting one. Apparently, this we could make a lot more money if we collected your diseases. <laughs> Correct. And Though, of course, Juno went out of business. Do they still exist? Yes, they still exist. Okay. And they probably still have that question. They, no, no. That particular question about diseases, I got, I got removed um, before it went live. But they also had, when's your birthday... Um, because they figured they could show you something on your birthday to try to convince you to buy a birthday thing or whatever. And they know how old you were and they get all kinds of useful information. They, that's not how birthdays work. Do they have understand a fundamental that? misunderstanding of birthdays. What do you mean? <laughs> they're, so thinking, those... they're thinking Hobbit birthdays <laughs> on which you buy stuff for all your friends. <laughs> no. Human birthdays, you know, your friends buy you stuff. In retrospect, Hobbits were too small a demographic for Juno's, for Juno's goals. Well, okay. So wait, wait. No, they're, they're, they're smart. They, they got your birthday because they need to know how old you are so that they could target you demographically. But then they ask you for all your kids' birthdays, right? So they're like, tell us how many children you have and what all their birthdays are. So there were about like 19 people fields. signed up for this. Oh, yeah. Not only so I remember yeah. signing up for Juno. Yeah. And I'm sure I had to fill out this Byzantine yeah. form Joel's describing. I don't remember that. What I remember thinking is, I can't believe they give you free email. This is at the this time, is it seemed mind-blowing no money all i had I will to do anything was like describe how i felt for the last 16 years to them <laughs> and they would give me yeah. free email was your third grade geography teacher those kind of things yeah so there were a lot of fields that had dates in them your birthday your anniversary your there was just a lot of date fields and the design that i was given was the world's worst possible date field where you've got a drop down with a month a drop down with the day the day of the month and then a drop down with like 120 different years in it and you pull a little drop down on windows you guys remember windows drop downs i don't know i guess some of you still use windows and um what you do is you get you see a little a little list box appears that has four things it's got january february march april and then there's a tiny little scroll box next to it and you got to get your mouse like right in there and go click 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 down 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 and then so like to choose august for example was 18 clicks uh <laughs> That you had to get exactly right. So, 18, eight, 18 seems unlikely, but we'll go with it. Because <laughs> no, you were like, you're August looking at January, year. February, March. Oh, okay. You got you to scroll down to show, to reveal April. First, you got to reveal the thing. It's, it's, not, it's not essential to your point. It was a lot of clicks. Clearly, we can agree <laughs> it was more than... work related example. It was you, more than a few clicks. It was a lot of clicks. But that's just for August. And then you got the day of the month. And then you're like, oh, my God. That's like 400 clicks. Right. So... We had this uh, ability to actually allow people just to type in a text box, and then we would parse whatever date format it was. 
right? It could be month slash date slash year. It could be year slash month slash date. It could be the month spelled out. It could be the first three letters of the month. It could be the month in Roman numerals. I couldn't care less. I wrote some nice code that parsed that all um, using a com function. So <laughs> also not relevant, but it was built into com. It was just a, it was easy. And for, for whatever reason, a group of people at Juno decided that this was maddening and that this would be harder to use uh, than the other way. And this, this, this was my big debate. They said, you know, you have to tell people what, what format to type in and, and you have to give them little dropdowns. It's much easier because they have separate dropdowns. And I said, it's easier just to give them a text box so they can type in any format they want. And we'll just figure it out. When they tab away, we'll parse it. Who won? So this was the debate. Probably they won. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was back before user experience was really a term, right? Um, yeah, the, the term didn't exist, but I think well, there were some words people that, existed. that saw themselves as Not usability together, experts. So. <laughs> yeah. So, 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 I mean, this, this is the sort of thing, right, at the one level, everybody still has those arguments, right? But at another level, we know exactly how to answer those arguments, which is just test it and see what people do. Yeah. Uh, presumably not possible in the days of Juno, but... No, no, they did usability testing, and we had to fly out to Colorado, where there was a usability <laughs> test lab that we rented. <laughs> was, I swear to God, it was a trip. We got in an airplane and flew to Colorado. Uh, at least it was a okay. Commercial. But at least you doing usability testing. So, sample of people. So, yeah, what did, to so wait, what did usability testing look like? You okay. flew out people to test, we, or we you just found Coloradans? You went to this place in Fort Collins where they had a, a building, and when you went in there, there was a room that had one-way glass. And in the back, all kinds of control panels and lights and cameras. Is this like where you pull, you pull the lever and it drops a recorders. treat for them? And, <laughs> <laughs> and on the other side, where you deliver some shocks person that they to brought the in participants. Who's like, right. sitting there trying to use, I think we may have usability tested this very, this very thing. And, and the trouble is that the sign-up form took four and a half hours to complete. I mean, it was impossible for regular people. I mean, I, I, I could click through it very quickly because I learned all the keyboard shortcuts while I was testing it to get through it in like 60 seconds because I had to get to the next stage. Turns out they were giving away usability testing and making their money by getting information from you from the forum. <laughs> it's a great business it could, model. It could be. No, no. It was. I remember it was. It was a hundred thousand dollars we paid to this usability testing lab uh, in Fort Collins. I wonder if they're still there. What were we talking? <laughs> so um, <laughs> examples. So we don't do uh, that. We uh, yeah. we don't fly to a usability lab in, in Fort Collins. No. We just do stuff we on, put the, it on the web on the web but and, you can't see what happens people are. you don't you, you can't see their reactions but and you, you can, also don't know what if you have enough volume making, you can measure you know uh, whether they're getting through successfully yeah whether they're getting through successfully or you can even measure you know how long are they spending on this particular yeah. formula how many people give up when they get to this form element how many there were a surprising number of juno users who were born on january 1st 1901 that turns out to be <laughs> <laughs> oh the, we have a great the there's an awesome if you look at the distribution in stack stack exchange there's an awesome, awesome date at whatever whatever we've decided is the oldest a human being could be and still be on the internet. There's like a date we've picked that's like 100 years ago. Yeah. And there's this massive distribution of like 88-year-olds. Yeah, it's very str I, I still don't know what causes that because it's not the Unix epoch, which is what I usually that the, causes those things. I don't do we just have a max age you can be? Yeah, and I think we've set we've set a rule that I think before which anybody it anybody over that age is lying, and yes, therefore it looks like. But the distribution <laughs> is like this bell curve, except back at like eighty nine years old, born on this day, is this massive, massive chunk. Yeah, it's very strange how people behave. So usability you know testing. Our, our birthday oh, format is year slash month slash day. Like oh, only, speaking of which, only a birthday <laughs> format that nobody uses. Well, what do you what do you mean? SQL Server loves that format. Yeah. <laughs> SQL and I, Server and, and most of our users China. probably. That is the engineer's date yeah, format. Exactly, because it alphabetizes nicely. We also require it in UTC time zone. <laughs> you don't okay. ask you for time. And we ask the user to convert to UTC before they type it in. <laughs> Because that's what we expect. We actually the make them go to Greenwich to log on. We we have heard from a lot of people that it is completely friggin' impossible to sign up for a damn service. So I mean, what we have is a site optimized for programmers, right? And to be fair, when it was built, it was built for programmers, and it's perfect for them. They love it, right? They, also, they eat this stuff up. It was built uh, assuming that you would have an open idea account. It was well, that was part of being a programmer, right? It was built assuming you're a programmer, and programmers understand why open idea is strictly better than you know having yeah. to make another password, and therefore all programmers are going to want an open ID, so right. they're not going to mind signing up for one when they get here. Right, so they have to go somewhere else, get an open ID, arrange for an open ID, and right. then come back to our but, site. But your and your average programmer is okay with that because they understand the why. But your average normal person doesn't understand the why. That they just see you're making my life difficult for no apparent reason. And to be fair, we are making their life. Yeah. Well, probably. I mean, 
real, realistically, everybody's got a Google account. Everyone's got a Facebook account. So you have an open ID that you may you not know, know about. It. But we're making you learn something. So that going back to the kind of don't make me think idea, we're making you think an awful lot about login, which is something that is very straightforward to most people. I type in my password and I'm done. I think we, we were we, because we were ahead of our time with it. Right, we were really doing that before other before there was a lot of that widespread on the internet. We we had to talk about it, and the people who were interested in it wanted it, and who were trying to show why it was so good. We need to say this is this great thing, and it goes across these sites. And the late the later the current real world implementation doesn't really want people to know that. We basically just say, sign in with Google. You have Google, you can work here. Yeah, so so the interesting thing is there was a time where we thought OpenID had had lost, right? Um, where we, we still liked OpenID, but nobody else seemed to be adopting it. But that that's in the last year, couple years, it swung back the other way where almost every new site you see now offers a Google and a Facebook and a Twitter login, right? They're doing that because they want to you know capture your Facebook account so they can post on it without your permission. But they are offering that as an option because it's easier for for a lot of people. Uh, it's interesting that they're not using OpenID, right? This, this technically, this standard that is OpenID where you have a URL as your identifier, that turned out to be totally confusing um, to, to normal people. But they're, they're using OAuth and you log in through Facebook and, and people are getting used to that. Um, right. It just turns out that, that we, were, we were early, people didn't understand it yet, and we have a particularly complex implementation where a lot of the new sites just paper over a lot of the confusing things, right? It's just click the button right. yeah. and click come back. Yeah, click log on with Twitter. Right, and ah. you're fine. And yep. we don't, you, they don't ever expose the URL that, you know, or the, that you're secretly is your authentication token. Well, I mean, when we do that, we never have to explain to them what OpenID is. I mean, everybody just knows, like, if you're going to sign in with, with Facebook, you click the button and it walks you through. And, you know, you don't see the words OpenID or any technical term in the whole process. Yes. You don't. I think you don't even think about it. I think at the end of the day, what all most people understand is that I can use the login and the password I use on Google here. And I think if you ask the average person, they'd say, oh, well, they must give them to them. I told them they could share it. Like, they don't even understand it's basically a token authentication. They don't care, right? They just feel like that logs them. You're right. They do not understand that it's a token authentication. <laughs> is that even right? A what? Is that even, is that even true? <laughs> it it could be construed right. as true. Ah. They don't even take oh, tokens anymore on the subway. So, so it's interesting. So, right. So this the, the, the open card. idea. It's a metric card. The open ID idea was right, right, and it is and it, and it is winning. Well, open ID itself Not didn't. Open ID per se. But OAuth, yeah. Now, most places, I, I can't think of any sites that only take that. Sometimes they do uh, with Facebook because they yeah. want to spam. Because they because they're tightly integrated with Facebook, but well, they just want to usually like like yeah. the other site, the red site that that shall not be named. Initially, only took yep. Facebook and Twitter because they wanted to spam everyone you know. But wait, what's the what site? Quora, Quora started that way. <laughs> oh, Quora. Quora started as as only Facebook and Twitter. You know what I found out? There's a site called ChaCha.com. Have you guys heard of this? Oh man. <laughs> So I will break out the recording of you saying ChaCha.com from your previous check. Look at this. YouNow.com only lets you log on with Facebook. This, is, this looks like some... What, uh, is this a real website? Did you just Google sites that only let you, no, you log now. on with Facebook? I just noticed the site the other, the other day, and it's like, you can have a really crappy experience without logging on, but to log in, there's only one choice. It's Facebook. Um, and, and that's... So, uh, so they have a reason to do that, right? They're, they're, they're giving something up, right? Ease of login in order to get something they want, which is your Facebook account so they can spam everyone you know. We don't do that. We don't care. We don't have a reason to insist on getting your Facebook account. Therefore, I mean, that's why we offer the the Stack Exchange Open ID, right? The email password login, so that we just want you to be able to participate in our site. Right. We were. Um, the truth is that for the first few years, we were actively promoting Open ID to try to get people to. Uh, well, we thought it was a good idea, and, yeah. and it was yeah. if if everyone had adopted it. Yeah, and they did sort of adopt OAuth quite extensively. Although it's it's sort of strange that the internet is turning into a bunch of weird silos it's the, the internet is not nearly as open as it as it was uh the idea of saying log on with like when you go to you now and you really have to log on with facebook um that's a very different experience than the open id people were saying where you get to control your identity you can make your own open id server if you want use any open id server you want anybody can be an open id provider and essentially here they're just kind of deciding for you that you have to log on to the site with facebook which is a vastly worse for the internet it's true so so it was well, it, it, it was trying to solve the identity problem, and that is being solved by the OAuth stuff. I mean, what happens but when the, you get kicked off of Facebook because? But the you whole idea of having some, your uh, your you know your own open ID routed through your website so you could control it later, right? That that was something that only programmers ever figured out, and 
was totally lost, right? Now now you're like even more tied to your Google account because you use it to log in everywhere and therefore you yeah. can never get rid of it. Yeah. Now that's what I'm saying. What if Facebook decides that you're probably not a real person because they don't they don't believe that Sirhan Sirhan is a real name and they kick or you off. Or one of your of, friends sent in an obituary of you as a joke and then they yeah. declared you dead. And yeah. And now you don't have a Facebook account, but but you also don't have a, a you can't go on to you now anymore and vote for your favorite <laughs> video celebrities. Uh, or but you know it could get worse. You could be locked out of uh, everything. How could it get worse if you're Sirhan Sirhan? That's true. That is, is that the person who killed was, Robert that Kennedy? That was not a good example yeah. of someone whose situation could get much worse by la losing access to younow.com. I, I brought that up because Facebook has a tendency to shut people off for having names they think are fake. And one thing that makes them think a name is fake is same first and last name, which is actually relatively common um, in some parts of the world. So, so let's talk about another example of something on the site that is a good idea for programmers works well for them, but turns out confuses normal people an awful lot, okay. uh, which is Gravatar. Gravity. So, so, so Gravatar is great if you have one because it just works, right? You sign up for Stack Overflow and your picture just automatically comes in and right. you don't have to even think about it because you entered your email address. But it turns out that the experience of of not having one, of trying to just upload a picture, is like 14 steps when you have to sign up for Gravatar. Hmm. Uh, including an email confirmation from Gravatar where they make sure that you are actually who you say you are. And, well, they have to and, do a, that. and a unique username. You, you got to yeah. pick a Gravatar name. You got to get their email confirm. You got to click the link. Then oh, you got to upload your photo. In addition to your email you address. Have to declare, you, have to de you have to declare its rating, PG, R, X. That's, that's a nice... That's but a, it's, it's actually, a decent feature. But. It's a great moment where like you've almost always posted a picture that is in some way representative of you. And then it's like it's basically like, well... How sexy would you say this picture is? Like, too sexy? <laughs> too sexy for a kid or too sexy for like a teenager? We I have, always go, I don't know. I'd like to think, you know, maybe in between. Uh, so we have uh, one, two, three, four, five. It looks like one out of seven people have Gravatar. So, but I think there's there's a bunch of... <laughs> More science. You just heard it right here. <laughs> no, one, okay. two, it's, three, four. It's a representative <laughs> sample. Yeah. With a zero degree confidence. Um, I think... <laughs> We, a we, little bit higher than our, that. Our yeah, implementation of Gravatar is particularly, we did because we talked about user tests before, we did do a very small sample of one of these online user testing services, and we learned some actually really, there were some really interesting things. Small sample, but ones that records people, they kind of comment as they go through. So you can both see what they did and hear what, what frustrated them. And one of the experiences... Wait, what is this thing we used, that records people? I told you, we, we talked about this. Uh, we, so we, did some, we did a small sample of uh, an online user testing service. To, What's it called? What's the service called? We like to name names here. Our listeners of this podcast may want I to. I think we use usertesting.com, I believe, uh, which is very aptly, if not cleverly named. Yeah. Well, slightly generic. Uh, yes. Uh, we have, Almost I putting me to sleep right give now. Give it a highly mixed review. They, they're, they, they had very... It didn't work that well, is what I'd say. Okay. Um, their service was good. They were very responsive, but they couldn't really fix the problems. They just cared a lot, oh. which is nice, and you're less angry about the whole thing. But um, but anyway, we got some interesting interesting feedback. But one of the things that we saw pretty consistently, and you can watch someone in real life, it's kind of fun, when they is if you actually get them to go to their profile, which we don't push too aggressively right now, and they decide they want to add a picture, which they may or may not. We don't, we don't really encourage it too much. And they go, all right, I'm going to click on this picture, because then I can probably put a new picture on, like I would on Facebook or on Twitter or any of the other online places people put their pictures, the reaction is almost universal of where the F am I? <laughs> because you click on, it's not like, it's not like we have this fundamentally wonderful like third party system and it unifies. You click on like a picture where you thought your no, face you, you was You click about change to. picture. Oh, change picture. Just a and all of a sudden you're on this new website that's like, welcome to place with pictures and entering your email and perhaps <laughs> we will steal your identity. Yeah, your gravatar is an image that follows you from site to site. It's an image that follows you. The uh, the beginning of the process is tough, but um, I think the end of the process is probably the toughest part of it. And um, when I was going through this, I mean, you know, I've been on the web forever and I've designed websites and I actually did not have a Gravatar. So this was me actually being a, a new user. And so so I clicked on change picture and I get sent to Gravatar.com and I have to figure out what it is. And then I jump through the hoops and I verify my email address and I create a unique username and type in a password twice. And I finally get in there and I can upload my picture and then I'm done. And I'm sitting there and it says, congratulations, you uploaded your picture. And uh, now I'm thinking, well, how do I get back to, to Stack Exchange? Um, how do I tell... Oh, we don't want you back. <laughs> you know, how do I tell Stack Overflow that I now have a picture and that they should go check Gravatar no, right. um, for to the wait, new picture? You have to wait a day for it to just sort of magic yeah. show up. Um, and and I, I just, uh, that's one of those situations where the next step is just not there. Well, we do open it in a new tab, so you could just close your tab and then... 
That is a fair you point. May, you may have forgotten that in the in the jumping around between email and everything else to confirm your identity. And you, you got to upload the picture of your driver's license. And I tend to lose things among my twenty open tabs. And then when you get back, it hasn't changed. At this point, so you you're still staring at. It takes fifteen minutes. Or... It, it, the first time, it's actually not that not as bad as we make it sound. The first time, it goes. It's instantaneous because it's not cached yet. After that, your changes take a long time. Changes can take a long time. It's just it's like you've been sent to like Donkey Island with Pinocchio for a while, and you found your way back, and you got through all the mazes, and you're like, nothing has changed. It's <laughs> this is very disconcerting. Yeah. So I mean, so so Gravatar is not something we're going to get rid of, though. Though Jeremy would like to. Um, because don't put words in my mouth, but <laughs> if I were to say that out loud, I probably would say it just like that. So, but <laughs> but the, the 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 solution here, the, the solution here is. Do our listeners know how much Jeremy looks like Will Wheaton? It's been, it, oh, wow. it came up on the blog post it, <laughs> uh, the, on the announcement. Of, I usually uh, get John Cusack, so that's actually the first time I've ever heard that. Okay, right, right. That's like a giant. You just you've been like demoted sick. I don't oh, even what know. What are you talking about? You, really, Will Wheaton? Cusack to Wheaton? Wheaton is a geek hero. Seriously. We, okay. I don't know. So anyway, Gravatar. So we're probably not going to get rid of it, but the obvious thing we can do here is just offer an alternative. We, want, we would like there to be an API in Gravatar where we can just you know, upload it straight to them through some API, and they don't have to leave our site to do this. That, you know, Gravatar. We can put a nice shout-out to Gravatar, but the, the, it seems like they don't offer this. But uh, what we can do is just offer an alternative, right? Offer our own upload form. Upload your picture or use Gravatar over here if you want to. Trello's implemented that, I think, pretty effectively, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, that's possible. I don't. Do they do they use Gravatar? I think they use Gravatar if you have it, but they have a simple upload your own if you don't. They also did the nice thing where uh, if you, uh, instead of just a, a random thing, it's nice for Trello because they need some sort of identification. But, but um, like initials? They do your initials yeah. if you don't have, a, have an image. But we have the pretty tri colored triangles and, and half circles, which are are not bad because they're consistent across they're, they're consistent for one user and always unique so it it makes a nice easy way to identify people in a particular thread people love the colored triangles too i found that out uh hallway usability testing really yeah the first thing do, do you think say. anybody is like attached to their triangle combination they're like i like my triangle combination i kind of want to keep that i kind of want to use that on the, twitter uh <laughs> are those randomly generated? Is it like a fractal no, or something? Based or? on your email? They're random. Uh, it's like a hash, a, of a, your... a hash of your. If we have your email, it's a hash of your email. Yeah. Otherwise, it's a hash of your IP. So that makes it the same. But yeah, it, it's randomly generated. They've got some algorithm. You know, they pick a color, they pick some pad. It's some sort of. It's not a fractal per se, but. Uh, I just wanted to say the word. That's fair. Makes me sound smart. I'm introducing myself to the world. Hello, world. I think this is the write-up for this episode is going to need to include the soon-to-be-created Photoshop mashup of Will Wheaton and John Cusack. <laughs> what if compared to the picture? Of I Jeremy. look forward to that. Can we can we go back and just record over the part where we introduce him as Jeremy and just call him Will the whole time? Okay, we can't have two product managers in Will. Uh, that's that's a fair point. We can make the one, one, one could be one Cusack one and one could be Wheaton. We well, can Will make Wheaton them. We can make them out. fight to the death. Like the uh, the Cusack Batman scene with will. the stick. Why don't we just call him John or Jill? Why Jill. are we yeah, making we up go. names? I'm confused. It's unclear. It's unclear. So, so that's uh, that's <laughs> that's Jeremy. He's new. Be nice to him if you see him on the sites, but not too nice because he's got to get the real experience. Yeah, you give know? him the real so experience. Close his questions and uh, if they're yeah, terrible, and tell him to Google it. Share your grievances with me. Yeah, we've got much more dedicated focus on user experience issues. Not that we didn't before, but uh, real dedicated focus. I'm going to stick with that phrase. Uh, but so you can yeah. send Jeremy issues or you can post them on Meta. Yes, but with an emphasis on testing, right? So so we're, we're not you know terribly interested in people's opinions about what sucks. Uh, right. Stories right. of stories of what mine. was painful, except, except, for, except for Joel's, because we have to listen to Joel's stories. Right. Sometimes we're even about the site. But you know, if we hear stuff that's interesting, then we'll we'll do a test and and see what their test results say. So that's uh that that's UX. I had a couple other things that we can we can bring up. Cool. Th that may be moderately interesting. So uh, sort of news from the dev team. We Long had week. a we had some uh, some pain this earlier this week. We went down twice. Oh, we had an outage. Twice. Yeah. Yeah. Things overheated in Oregon. Two apparently unrelated reasons. Not for very long, though, to be fair. No. no Nothing no, like no. Tumblr last night. One was 10 minutes, and the other one was Tumblr less was down than like half all hour. of yesterday. I didn't know how to, how to express myself if I couldn't re-tumble re other things that my friends had already <laughs> created. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. 
so Tumblr, yeah, Tumblr goes down and and uh, yeah, and and people just screeches to a halt. Yeah, people people start you know yeah. losing losing their minds. We right. go down and people just can't work, so not not that big a deal. We would, you know, this has been a long term plan of ours to have a two day outage in order to get a news story about how the programming world has come to a halt in the absence of Stack Overflow. We thought that that would be valuable publicity for us. Why don't we just shut off the site for a day? Yeah, well, that would be the idea. Yeah. I think we need to cement our power more before we yeah. can show the world that we could take it away at yeah. any moment and, you know. We might want to make an announcement at the United Nations before we do this. <laughs> Attention, <laughs> nations of the world. We are shutting off your programming knowledge. You, I'm envisioning you as like an alien. <laughs> like, floating head. I'm picturing a floating head, like Futurama style. Exactly. Uh, so this went a weird direction. Mostly I was just going to talk briefly about the the outages. Uh, what, one of them wasn't that interesting. It was it looks like a hardware failure. And um, because it was a hardware failure, it didn't fail over automatically to the backup, but we just kicked it over to the backup and it fixed itself. Uh, but the other one was somewhat interesting, which is uh, because our, our search... We're starting to outgrow our search solution. So we already outgrew one search solution, which was to do it directly in, in SQL. And then we switched to, to Lucene.net. And uh, now we're getting too big for that. We're starting to run yeah. into it. It's got a, apparently a fairly major bug. Well, Lucene.net has not been developed for a long time because it's in C Sharp. It, it and was technically, a, technically abandoned, and then people kind of picked it up again. But yeah, it's support from it's Java. A, it's not a not a really a good place to be. Not a lot of excitement It's, it's great if you just need to get something going fast. What and, do people do in the .NET world? They spin up a not .NET server. They just run another server. Yeah. They just run it Java. Just you, you can, yeah. you, Lucene is Java, so you can run it on Windows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The actual uh, Java actual, version. Actual Lucene. But, but yeah. what you really want to run is, is generally not bare Lucene. You want to run one of these things that's built on top of it, like Solar or Elasticsearch. So, um, so, by the way, I hate to interrupt, but they're pointing out in the chat room that our status blog, Stacks, is on Tumblr. StackStatus.net. <laughs> if you're ever wondering if we're down. And, yeah. And Tumblr is not down on the same day. Then go to stackstatus.net. That's for the case where we we managed to uh, to take everything down, and therefore our status, our our normal server yeah. fault blog where we would post outages is down. Sure. Uh, it's also it's better to just follow the Twitter account. Actually, that gets updated immediately. What's the Twitter account? Stack status. At sign. That's a shift two. But what if Twitter stack and status. Tumblr go down? Yeah. You know that Twitter has their status thing on Tumblr, and Tumblr has their status thing on Twitter. Well, Did you just well, explain where to find the at symbol for our audience? <laughs> Is that what you were saying? Is that I heard shift two after you said at. at. Make sure you tell them that they need a keyboard first and that they shouldn't be in a cave or I think sleep. you should explain what the at symbol first is. First wake it's up. It's the A with you the circle around up. it. Before you can that. do this. Find, find the keyboard. If you do not have fingers, it will be very hard. Oh dear. <sighs> what were you talking about? Uh, Alright, I'm sorry I brought it up. This has gone a very weird direction. Carry on. <laughs> so, so we're we're investigating some of these other options, which which actually will um, uh, hopefully make our search even better than it is right now. It's sort of something we've been meaning to do, but putting off because it wasn't urgent, and then suddenly it became urgent because our search is awful. Nobody uses it. Crashing. They use Google. You can't find anything with our search. It turns out quite a few people use our search. <sighs> most but, but most traffic comes from Google, be. but yeah. a, a mm. large number of our users are using our search. And actually, a lot of our features are built on top of search. So search is not just the search box. It's also related questions or when you're typing ah, yes. in it. When you're typing That's in a new question, a you do a title. You type the title in, and then we show you related. Yeah, so, and the search questions. I, I would have probably two days ago just said our search sucks and nothing else. But the truth is, but our, our search actually has a lot of really cool features for power users. Oh yeah, uh, oh that, that's all the axes uh, where you can say like, show me closed questions, show right. me and show me um, closed questions is kind of it's not so simple to do of, in a traditional search. Like sure. you can get closed, but you'll also get a lot of stuff as the word closed. Yeah, like, yeah, we, yeah. we have some actually good yeah, features. Yeah, actually, also to our listeners, if you don't know how to get that, what you do is you click on the little in the search box. Actually, what do you do? You just enter an, a blank search. And you'll see uh, a gigantic list of all the amazing things you can do uh, in yes. search, you know, like find questions that have been migrated. Okay, so I just learned that. That might yeah. be a good place for a tooltip or a little grayed out. Yeah, That's, just uh, that, go into the search box and hit know. enter and you'll, you'll see all the, all the amazing tips. That's uh, that's what we would call uh, a non-discoverable uh, yes. feature. So oh. one, of the, one of the side effects here is, is that our search will almost certainly get better. It, it will get faster. Uh, because we're finally doing this, and um, did you just say our search that is literally broken and was crashing the site will get better? It was working. 
it was failing it was failing in a in a more fun way than like you get search and you get no results back or you get an error page back. It was failing in a way where you hit search and then it spins for a while and it turns out you just crashed the server. So um But it's gonna get better than that. <laughs> That's all I'm asking. It only did that for a short period one morning and we fixed that. But it's now a, a, a problem in our crosshairs that we're looking at. And and the, the thing is that now we won't be on bare lucene, so we'll we'll be on probably Elasticsearch and, and we'll get a lot more options things we can play with to make it better like you know for example bear lucene doesn't do stemming stemming is a totally normal thing to do in searches right uh take off the uh you know the the ed from the verb or the ing and just match the mm-hmm. stem of the word um you can't do that with normal lucene what we're on right now you can do that with elastic search and that that kind of problem i think causes a lot of the places where we hear a lot of search frustration which is combined with a little bit of sort of the you know what experienced users expect from new users so you have people who make actually took the time to learn they're supposed to look for dupes mm-hmm. did a search produced not great results right because it's not stemming the word or they didn't know quite what string to search for they didn't find it they post it and there's 16 people who've seen all the questions kind of pointing out this you, you got to look for these it's here it's not nasty but there's a little sense of like you should have found it probably and part of it is the search makes it hard right now yeah even when you're trying which people don't always search is do. super hard you know, it would be nice is to hire like 10 PhDs or something to go in a room and make an amazing search engine that was just like amazing. You know what we could do if we did that? We could give it away for free, let people uh-huh. use it, start yeah. to like it. And charge and for it. And if ads. a lot of people, that's, that is a, that will yeah. never work. I yeah. Don't know. And, we're, we're and it see, might lead, lead to cars I, driving I have high hopes for, I have high hopes for. YouTube comments and. For, for uh, this, this Elasticsearch solution because it's, you know, we're basically on a search engine, lucene.net that hasn't really been developed for years. Yeah. Elasticsearch also... Uh, and it wasn't even a complete solution scale. even when it was being developed because everybody recognized that and built things on top of it, right? The, the Solar and then now Elasticsearch. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Fog Creek's actually using Elasticsearch. We talked to... They're switching to... Kevin downstairs. They use it for Kiln. Yeah, and they will, they will use it and for they're, Fog They're ones. very happy with it. They said they had queries that were timing out at 30 seconds that suddenly took like four milliseconds. Ooh, Interesting. Um, but it's built on top of... Uh... So what is it? Lucene is like the, the Roth engine underneath that you're, you're really not supposed to use directly. It just gives you like the basic index. It's like, you know, it's like, I don't even know. It's like SQL Server without all the magic that SQL Server adds on top of everything. It's like if you just had tables and columns. Um, and so everyone just built... There's all these packages that are just built on top of it to do all the things you would expect search to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we didn't have access to any of that because we were stuck in Lucene.net. Yeah. And why were we using Lucene? Who knows? It's just we started using a long time ago. Lucene is fine. We're using Lucene.net because it's the only, it's like literally the only .NET option. Yeah. Right. It, it is good. It's, it's good if you just need to drop something. It's great for the programmer. You just drop it in and you throw yeah. your data at it and you get search and yeah. you, now you have a search box and uh, it's, it's good enough for a long Very time. Easy. Yeah. But the problem is Google makes, you know, it just makes everybody look bad because they That's, will, I, I will always be better. Google. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> They don't even have like as much information as we do about you know metadata that we could use to make our searches smarter and better and yeah, but they do awesomer. have they do have a bunch of metadata that we don't have, which is outside links, outside links. We and can gather that search clicks that. and just and so store on. refers. All we got to do is every time we get a, a refer into a thing, we just stash it away in our search engine. Uh, yes, we could we could we could make that a part of it. That would be a cheesy and cheap way to. Um, they're doing a lot of magic that we would have to reinvent. But but the refers are mostly there to say. It, but they're not yeah. just looking at the, the they're so they're yeah, lo- they're not just looking at bad. yeah they're doing page rank they're looking at what the text was in the link that you clicked which we can't get right they're not just looking at where it came from they're looking we at what you clicked stuff. Now we can't well we could crawl a web and gather it but we could have an Xcode plugin that detects that basically takes a screenshot of all the code that you were writing when you asked a question on Stack Overflow. And uses that to make our search engine better. Yeah, that's great. That's Wouldn't a great that cool? idea. Yeah, yeah. So if you're interested in working on that, we're hiring. We um, are actually hiring. So a lot we of we need developers. Uh, eight. We yes. need. <laughs> we need eight more developers, and we're hiring in uh, New York, London, Denver, and all over the world. So you can just about be anywhere. Yeah. So we're hiring. Uh, we're hiring remote. Not North Korea. This is an interesting thing. It's just we were a little worried about doing remote when we started. Well, on careers. Jeff wasn't for for the careers team, but it's just becoming more and more. You know, it's just uh, it's just the future. I don't know. It's, it's the future mm-hmm. of how development is going to be done. I think the, the one thing I will say is that the whole team. It really helps if the whole team is remote. In other words, yeah, hybrid is bad. Uh, hybrid doesn't work so well. Yeah, 
it's not it's not the whole team it's that the it has to be enough that sort of the the the, the locus the, the locus online. of decision making is online not in the office right if the locus of decision making is in the office then the people who are remote are never going to know everything they need to know yeah and they're just going to get further and further behind yeah although they did get their um, holiday bonuses and presents before anybody in the main office so not really behind they're ahead in some ways bags of coal and uh <laughs> No, it's a motivational book. Who moved my cheese? What, what, I bought a copy of <laughs> one million unicorn dollars. I just listened to a podcast <laughs> and a copy of Joel's like book two years ago, where you referenced who moved my cheese. Really? But it keeps coming up. That keeps coming up. I still haven't read it. There's a mouse on the cover. It has it has nine pages. I don't know. That was a pretty good podcast. Anything 39. else you want to talk? We're not allowed to. Rule number one of podcasting: Don't What's talk that? about podcasting. Yeah. Does anybody still listen to podcasts? No, you're really not allowed to talk about Michael Pryor talking about us not talking about podcasting. Yeah, That's now he's going to yell at us again. Okay, I wrote down things to talk about at the end, and all I have here is if you have questions for us, which would be very we helpful. Talked we about that. Obviously, don't have any. Please go right now. I know, but everybody wanted to keep listening to the podcast. It's like when you're on YouTube and they're like, "If you want to da da da, click this link," and then they have a link right in the middle of the video, and there's still two minutes left to run on the video. And if you click it, you don't get to watch the last two minutes of the video that you were watching. So why would anybody ever click it? And then by the time you get to the end, you don't have the link in the middle of the video. So that's worthless, isn't it? It literally took me until almost the very end of that story for me to understand what, <laughs> what you were even talking about. <laughs> so what I'm talking about It's interesting about is, you followed him so far down that particular path. Did you not pay attention? Jay? I'll show you an example later. I, I, I'm uh, sure there'll be a mandatory training session this afternoon. The point was, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, the point was yeah. that we mentioned it earlier, but clearly nobody was going to pause this fascinating, riveting podcast <laughs> to go record their question right then. But if we do it at the end, oh, they can pause. when the podcast <laughs> is over... Then they will, of course, they'll be like, well, I could go back to work. That's right. Or I could go ask my question. Or you can I go like ask your question. So if you have a question for us, you go to s.tk slash podcast questions, all one word. That's pod as in podcast, cast as in podcast, and then questions <laughs> like psychoflow is a question and answer site, except it's pluralized. And it's just all one word. Um, Till then, see you on Cha-Cha. 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 Bye. Will we gets frazzled sometimes will wheaton has an ulcer and a stressful time at work will wheaton gets bitter sometimes will wheaton's not the only one who's acting like a jerk and while he doesn't like to name names and he's not trying to assign blame it's hard to focus on his own game. It doesn't mean Will Wheaton doesn't love you. I don't think Joel was ever really listening to anything that happened in this podcast. <laughs> no, not really. I'm, he's, I'm he's, still, he's still looking at that same YouTube video. We're, we're getting, to, watching Nickelodeon we're getting to an interesting podcast dynamic here in which... Jay and I decide ahead of time what the what we're going to talk about, and Joel just cracks jokes about <laughs> about whatever we mention. It doesn't have to be That's about what we mention. It's just something that we, something that he is thought it just of. Me or does that sound like a normal work day here? <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of what you hired me for, isn't it? Oh, Wait, God, we hired who made, you? <laughs> who made that decision? <laughs>